tube with Spencer on Front Stairs Talks. Episode two. I still can't freaking believe we're doing this. But here on episode two is a very, very special episode. But every episode is special. Um, episode two, we're going to be broadcasting this from an expert from a galaxy far, far away. Um, my buddy Spencer. Um, I know in episode one, if you listen to episode one, that I said that um, Star Wars wasn't my strong suit. But my buddy Spencer is here to enlighten me and to teach me a lot about Star Wars that I never really understood. So, background on Spencer. Spencer has two podcasts on Star Wars. So, after you hear this episode, make sure you like, follow, and listen to him. Because especially if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, he's amazing. Also, Spencer is one of those guys that I've always... That since I've known him, he goes into the deep director's cuts and stuff that he's interested in, like when it comes to conventions, um, different topics, wrestling, James on Bob. Like the guy knows his shit. Um, he really is a smart dude. Um, so, not further ado, my friend Spencer. Spencer, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you doing this evening? Doing good, buddy. Um. Tell us about your uh, podcast that you have. Well, I have two podcasts that are uh, in conjunction with a group called Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022. It's the world's largest fan page for Star Wars Celebration, which is uh, the global Star Wars convention that happens every couple of years. Um, and we do two podcasts uh, on Zoom and our Facebook Live. One is on Tuesday, which we call the Virtual Cantina Happy Hour, which is basically an open forum. Uh, we talk about Star Wars. We talk about you know Marvel and other movies and other fandoms. Also, we've included what's called a speaker series. We've had various actors and production crew members from the entire Star Wars saga come on with us so fans could ask questions and anything of that nature. And then on Thursdays, we do the virtual cantina watch along where we watch uh, something to do with Star Wars. For example, um, since COVID started last March, we've watched every movie, which is all 11 movies, both seasons of Mandalorian and included um, a watch a live watch along of the movie Fanboys which is Star Wars based and also Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Um, we've also had many of actors who are involved in very many of those properties join us as well for not only behind the scenes cuts, but also, you know, to take fan questions, which has actually been pretty cool. Um, it's open to anybody. Uh, Tuesday nights, we start 7 p.m. Eastern time on our Facebook page. And on Thursdays, we start at 9.30 Eastern time um, on our Facebook page. That is awesome. 
see, I told you, Spencer doesn't do anything half-assed. The guy is deep cuts. So, so uh, you talked about the conventions. Um, you've been to a lot of conventions, correct? I've been to a fair number, yes. Um, so what is the the tone of the conventions? Like, is it like, um, meaning like, what's the like the background? Is it like fun? Is it like kind of like a rock concert for like, for people that love Star Wars and stuff? Well, Star Wars Celebration is very much uh, a celebration of just Star Wars and anything to do with Star Wars. So that kind of convention is, uh, I guess you want to say, just of that genre per se. Um, I've been to two of them. The first one I went to was in 2017 in Orlando. And I went to uh, the one in Chicago in 2019. 2022 was actually, 2020, sorry, was actually postponed to 2022. And that's going to be in Anaheim. Uh, but I've been to other cons. I've been to Fan Expo Boston, which is the old Boston Comic Con that they do at the BCEC. Uh, I've been to Super Mega Fest, which they usually do in Framingham. Um, I've even gone to New York Comic Con, which is one of the two largest Comic Cons in the country. And a, a number of other small ones here and there. Um, but they're all their different flavors. I was, as I mentioned, Star Wars Celebration is primarily just Star Wars, whereas the other ones have might have some Star Wars, but they might have you know Star Trek or um, Marvel or DC or you know different cartoon characters, the actors that do the voiceovers. So it's it's a nice mixture of everything. But um, I would say this, you know, obviously the Star Wars one is my favorite one. Perfect. So, like we were talking before, and for other people that are listening for me and whatever, cause we're cross promoting or whatever. Um, I am not the biggest star Wars fan. I have not like deep into cuts like yourself. I am not what you call an expert. I could tell you stuff about music and I could drop stuff like that. But you also are like that with music too, sir. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, cause you're, you're one of those guys. I just, I love listening to your stories to be honest with you. Cause it's, it's fun. Cause you just like randomly off the top of your head. Um, but as a hardcore Star Wars fan, what is your favorite movie in the whole franchise and why? I would have to say Empire Strikes Back, which is episode five. But if you want to look in the number of wise of releases, I would say that's the, that's the second movie that come out. It came out in 1980. And it was the first movie that the villains, I guess, had the upper hand in uh, back when we were kids. Uh, so it ended on such a downer. Uh, plus, it also had the biggest reveal of all time, which, you know, the biggest villain of all time, being Darth Vader, being announced as Luke Skywalker's father. So you got two big, you know, booms right there alone. Um, plus, also, it's the first Star Wars movie that I actually remember being in the theaters for as a kid. Um, I had the toys, you know, before I saw Empire, the character toys were always, you know, very popular. But Empire was the first Star Wars movie I remember seeing in the theaters back in 1980. There you go. Um, so I, I keep on hearing things about fan theories. Um, I watched that comic book meant from um, with uh, Kevin Smith and all that. Sure. Uh, what are fan theories like for like are they there's like people like writing novels about their way of like what they think could happen next other than what George Lucas doesn't have? Yeah, I mean, they they. They put out, you know, with, with the fan theories, there's a lot of people who have, you know, speculation about what's going to happen next, who's going to show up. Um, 
I mean, there's been a lot of information that's been put out there. I mean, for years, there was fan theories about how Vader became Vader. Um, and, you know, the background between about Han Solo and between the prequels and the standalone movies, they've kind of, you know, taken some of those fan theories and made them what we call canon. So basically actual storylines. Um, but, you know, we all have our theories. I mean, when we get next season for Mandalorian, uh, it's, it's almost an open slate, uh, you know, with season two, I don't want to ruin season two for you. But, you know, in my group, one of the things we talked about was what could potentially happen with season three. They did announce they were going to do season three, plus also a couple of spinoffs coming off of Mandalorian that are going to uh, be a cross between the different timelines, but also the same timeline as Mandalorian as well. So it's going to be kind of cool. So all the movies are kind of like interactive, like the Marvel ones, right? Very much so. Um, they also tie in not only the movies, but also the, uh, I want to say the cartoons that came out over the last couple of years uh, between Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, and they've even brought in some of the characters that were part of the expanded universe, which was the novelizations that have come out over the last 20 years. Um they started introducing characters that were only part of literature into live action Star Wars, which is actually pretty cool. There you go. So I um so when I was looking up a lot of stuff now when when I was working at the radio station, um at WAAF, like we were talking about, I used to have a lot of people come up to me when I go to events and talk bitch about the uh newer movies. Like they were like hardcore fans were so pissed about it. Um so my question for you is, why were people so pissed? And what is your stance on them? So if you remember about 20 years ago when the movie The Phantom Menace came out, people arms at that time because they didn't like Jar Jar Binks. Uh, be, you know, his accent, which they thought was like a, a mock-up of a Jamaican accent or the fact that they made Anakin Skywalker a little kid but the fact that you had Darth Maul, who was, you know, a completely badass villain with a double-edged lightsaber, which is pretty cool. But back in the, I would say, late 90s, when the, when Phantom Menace came out, um, people were, you know, the only social media we really had at that time was AOL chat rooms. So there was no, there was no Twitterverse, there was no Facebook, no TikTok or anything of that nature. Fans were generally of the old movies upset about the, the stance they took with the prequels. Um, they asked for George Lucas's head on a pike, uh, said that he lost his touch and he lost his creation, that he should just sell off Lucasfilm and give up. Um, but he went on to make three, two more movies after that um, before he ended up selling the whole property to Disney. Now, it took about 20 years for that generation of Star Wars fans to become adults. And that's when Disney started doing movies again. Uh, the first movie in the Disney realm was Force Awakens, which is episode seven, which is 30 years after Empire Strikes Back. And it was directed by J.J. Abrams. J.J. Uh, you know, did a couple of the newer Star Trek movies. He's also known for doing Lost. And... Personally, I felt that the first movie, uh, Force Awakens, was almost like I like to call a diet Force Awakens. 
I think Diet uh, A New Hope, which is episode four, it had uh, similar themes from the first original movie. Um, so it's kind of like a watered down version, but I kind of felt like after 20 years, there was such a bad taste in the mouth of the fans because of the prequels that they brought you back to something um, that you knew to try to bring you back into it. Um, so with the logical pro- progression that you're going with there, uh, you know, the next thing you would think it would be would be almost like a diet uh, Empire Strikes Back, which, you know, in that movie, as I mentioned before, you had the biggest reveal, which was that Lucas B- is Vader's son. Well, there's a character that comes into The Force Awakens named Rey, and you don't know her lineage. So she's kind of spending the next three movies trying to figure out who she, where she stands, you know, in the universe. Now, if they made it a diet Empire Strikes Back, they would have the reveal in the second movie. But the director, Ryan Johnson, who I'm a you know huge fan of his other movies. I love Knives Out, which is his movie they did after The Last Jedi. He, um, he didn't give the fans what they wanted. And he kind of took everything that the fans wanted and kind of, I want to say in some ways, gave the fingers to the fandom, which I absolutely loved because it made you think. You, you know, you when you thought that he was going to go one way, he went another way. Um, I particularly, as a you know, a fan of film and film uh, fan of the arts, I like to be challenged as a viewer. Um, but some fans just want you know what's there, which is you know well and good. But unfortunately, there are some fans who are not happy with the you know the portrayal of Luke Skywalker and how he was, and. Um, you know, and then Rise of Skywalker, which was the, the last movie, episode nine, it was kind of a mishmash because they just had to finish the saga and they had to get it done. So, you know, it, it, it kind of felt like rushed, but they didn't have any like clear vision of where three movies were supposed to go. I mean, when you had the, the original three movies, episodes four, five, and six, even though there's three directors, the constant on those movies was George Lucas was on set the entire time. George Lucas directed the first three movies. George Lucas was not really on set for the prequel, I mean, the sequel trilogy, because he sold off the property. So he really didn't need to be there anymore. So they really didn't have clear direction on that. I mean, they were entertaining. And, you know, to me, you know, content is good. You know, it's it's always, you know, it's nice. And there's things about every movie that I like and things that I don't like. But the thing is, I've never seen, you know, and the social media aspect of it, you know, people are, are vicious. Uh, um, Jake Lloyd, who played little Anakin Skywalker, was te- teased and bullied as a child to the point where he ended up in a mental institution. Uh, Ahmed Best, who was Jar Jar Binks, thought about committing suicide. Um, Kelly Marie Tran and Daisy Ridley from the trilogies all went off social media because you know, people were blasting them, you know, to their personal accounts. Um, so the fandom kind of got ugly with social media. So that kind of divided a lot of people as well. That is absolutely crazy. I can imagine, like, getting death threats for doing something that I thought was cool. Like, like us doing this, I imagine getting death threats because we piss people off. Um, so I want to go back on, like, how you're saying, like, the diet, like, Empire Strike Packs. You're talking about, like, if you order a Coke and you get a Diet Coke, correct? Yeah. 
All right. Just double checking. Uh, <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit more about your podcast, if that's sure. okay. Um, who, what is the, um, who's the biggest actor that you had or uh, writer that you had on there? Like a biggest guest you've had? Uh, I would say when we actually watched the season finale of Mandalorian season one, we had Emily Swallow, who is in Supernatural um, and has done a lot of TV and movies. She played the armorer in Mandalorian season one, who is a, a fairly big character. Uh, if you know who that is in the uh, cover where uh, the Mandalorian and his other cohorts uh, meet up, she's the one with the gold hat. Stacy, the Stacy lady from uh, Saturday Night Live. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she's also an elf. Right? Oh no, no, that, that, that's 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 um sorry, that's Amy Sedaris. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, from there, okay. but um, Emily Swallow was probably the biggest actress we've had, but we've had um, uh, Chris Bartlett who plays a number of the droids, uh, in the outfits, there uh, a gentleman by the name of Dominic Pace who plays the bounty hunter Gecko, and he was also a guest star on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the last season. Um, Misty Rosas, who does the, uh, the performance artist in a suit for Krill, which is the Ugnaught that was voiced by uh, Nick Nolte. Um, and we also had uh, Kevin Thompson, who played Cherbe the Ewok in Return of the Jedi, come in and give us some you know, behind the scenes of Return of the Jedi, which is actually kind of cool. So one more time, can you tell people where to find yeah, you? Yeah, so if you're going to Facebook, you're going to look for Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022. We are the world's largest Facebook fan group for Star Wars Celebration. If you look for the one that has close to 31,000 members, that's our group. Told you guys, Spencer doesn't do anything half-assed. <laughs> you, you can hear, he knows his shit. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that, Chris. I well, it's true, man. That's why I went. So when I when I went public with this, um, I was mostly with my music career that I talked about in episode one. Um, I was didn't want it to all be about music. Like I wanted to learn some things too. Um, you were the one of the first people to text me and was like, "Let's do something about Star Wars," and I'm like, "I have no idea," but I knew for a fact that I would learn from you because every time I I've ever talked to you. I've always learned something. Well, I appreciate that. So I thought this would be like after thinking about it more and kind of doing a little bit more research, I was like, you know what? This is going to be an awesome episode and I'm in love right now. Like I think people too, like especially the hardcore people that love Star Wars that's listening to this would definitely like will run over to your uh, Facebook page like right after. Well, I, I hope they do. I mean, you know, obviously we are very much centric around the, the convention, but, you know, we talk about things outside and right now there's not much information about you know the con next year so we talk about the movies we talk about you know new release merchandise and comic books uh and the books that come out uh so we keep the fandom alive you know while we're waiting for the next con um which is great um and especially during covid where you know we've not had any cons in a year uh it's given us an opportunity to not only get to know our members but also to you know Give someone, people some sort of, you know, social outreach per se, uh, you know, during these times where, you know, we're not going to cons, but give us a chance to, you know, be with fellow geeks per se 
and you know just feel comfortable with that i mean i i have a some incredible members, uh, a great team that I work with. And it's just, it, it's just a lot of fun. It's something that I enjoy, you know, immensely. I mean, the, everybody I, I get involved with in this project has been absolutely fantastic. And I, I love them all dearly. It's all about love, man. That's how the music scene yeah, is man. too. <laughs> all right. So I finally uh, watched uh, season one of the Mandalorian. Okay. Um, and I didn't hear baby Yoda say, chicken nuggies once where the hell did that so come that from? was a th- that was from the fans um they started making memes and stuff because they thought it was cute um and to the point where actually initially john favreau was like who talks like that baby yoda or whatever grogu which is his name uh the child he doesn't talk like that i i can't stand it but by season two he's like you know something everybody calls him baby yoda there's a you know phenomenon you know you can call him baby yoda but that was all the fans. The fans made up the whole baby language for him. So what is your um, take on The Mandalorian? Like, do you love it? I know you do a podcast on it, but like, is it satisfying to you like as a Star Wars I fan? I think it's absolutely fantastic because one of the things that I loved about Star Wars was the scenes that were not really about, I want to say, you know, the Skywalker storyline. Um, I keep on going back. There's a scene in episode two, which is uh, Attack of the Clones, where uh, where Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to a diner um, to get some information about a weapon uh, that he caught, uh, that he got at um, during a a skirmish. And to me, that was like showing real life outside of, you know, the real storyline between Anakin and Obi-Wan. So that Mandalorian not only picks up where, you know, storylines not involving Luke or Leia or Han or Chewbacca or, you know, 3PO or R2, but also there's that kind of dead air of 30 years between episode six, which is Return of the Jedi, episode seven, which is Force Awakens. Now, over 20 years ago, they started a whole slew of books, starting with Timothy Zahn. Uh, there's a book called Heir to the Empire which talked about what happened between those 30 years. When Disney bought it, they basically said that everything in the the EU was considered a legend, but it was not part of canon anymore. Basically, it was not part of the storyline. So basically, they're kind of erasing 30 years of of story, uh, but it was not, you know, live action. So uh, the Mandalorian picks up five years after Return of the Jedi. Now, if you remember from Return of the Jedi, um, the Emperor's dead, killed by Darth Vader. Darth Vader's dead. Uh, Luke, Han, and Leia are the heroes of the, the Rebellion. The Empire is gone. So it's basically five years after the Rebels took over you know, the galaxy again. And there's a lot of turmoil because you know the Empire's still on the run, they're still around, but you know they're not leading. So the, the new regime is not picked up yet. So it's kind of like the Wild West. Uh, the best way to, to say this is very much like written and directed in the vein of a spaghetti Western. Um, but it, it feels they have a lot of uh, deep cuts, like characterizations of uh, creatures that were, as John Favreau called, um, your hand-me-down figures, like the figures that your older brother didn't like, so he gave them to you. He made those characters the main characters in The Mandalorian. Those creatures, 
not the not the actual characters themselves, but the creatures that they were. Um, so I kind of like it because it's 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 uh, something that's recognizable, but it's new at the same time. So you feel like you're you know it's a continuation. They're not insulting the intelligence of the fans, and they're giving full fan service to bring the fandom kind of back together where they're satisfying the new fans the old fans and obviously the fans who watched it since day one so i, I particularly love it i love everything they're doing and i'm very excited about the spin-offs that they're setting up for and that's going to be on disney yes plus everything's too, right? on disney plus uh when disney did their um investor relations uh show in december of 2020 they announced uh, at that time was 12 new Star Wars properties over the next 13 years. So not 13 years, over the next three years. And there were only three, sorry, two uh, movies. The rest were shows on Disney+. Plus. See, I, I like how you said um, Spaghetti Western because I feel like The Mandalorian, to me, feels like those old bonsai yep. shows. Like, like a western like it feels like like someone's dying tonight you know no matter what so that's why i really like about it um when i was i, I thought when i first was watching i thought it was going to be a lot, a lot spacier but it was pretty pretty cool it just felt like the wild wild west old well i like about it as well is that um the whole theme of a spaghetti western is they have an overall theme and an overall storyline but each individual episode could stand on its own as its own story but if it has a higher purpose so you know you follow you know the mandalorian and the child on these adventures which you know it's kind of cool and you learn more and more about these characters and the people they're involved with um plus also it's also kind of cool to see carl weathers you know apollo creed in the star wars universe so that you know to me that's pretty awesome yeah, is the writer of it is the guy from Swingers, Yeah, it's John too, Favreau, right? who is um, the guy from Swingers, but he was also Gutter in PCU. Um, oh, and uh, replacements the there too. Um, he's he's done a whole slew of movies, but he oh, and he also did uh, the first couple of Iron Man movies. He was a director, and he also directed Elf as well. Um, so it's funny how he launched the the Marvel universe. So he you know, one of the biggest films of all time. Uh, he launched one of the you know, biggest Christmas movies of all time with Elf and then reinvigorated Star Wars. Um, he was the executive producer for season one and the writer for most of the episodes, along with Dave Filoni, who was actually trained by George Lucas. So he's kind of like his, his student, his Padawan. Uh, but in season two, Favreau actually directs, which is actually pretty cool. Jeez, it's crazy that that guy has a good touch. Um, but I appreciate you coming on. This was a uh, very very formative to me. Um, you're also you're also welcome to come on anytime well, you want. You, you know appreciate that. It. Um, so one more time, let people know where to find you. Um, a quick thing, and then um, we'll say our goodbyes. But I just wanted to uh, thank you again, and thank you guys for listening. Um. This is Spencer. Make sure you give him a like, follow, and all the above. As you know, this guy knows his shit. So, like, especially if you're into anything, he would be, he, like, I remember when I first met Spencer, he was helping out with a wrestling company. 
um, which we can have an episode about that later on. Like we could talk about old nineties, eighties wrestling, if you like. Um, Thank you. I appreciate you know. that. Uh, <laughs> so, so one more time, I'm, I'm just, just for the people who could find you again, because I really want, I really sure. want people so to Sure. So if you go to Facebook and you look up Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022, you're going to look for the group that has close to 31,000 members. It's our group. And we have two live podcasts or vlogcasts a week on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern and 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday nights, which we call the Virtual Cantina. Uh, where we do, you know, watch-alongs of different, you know, Star Wars-related uh, shows, whether it be Family Guy or the actual Star Wars or Fanboys or Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Um, and we also have interviews with, uh, you know, various cast members and production members. So, you know, join us. We're, we're, we're a great group. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to, you know, bringing you all part of the universe. Well, thank you very much, Spencer. I appreciate you coming on. Um, you're episode number two, so this is a hard act to follow for everybody else. Well, thank you very much, Chris, and to all our listeners here, uh, may the force be with you. To thank you, you too, sir. Thank you, bud. Thank you, Spencer, for being the first official guest of Front Stairs Talks. I appreciate it. Uh, episode two, literally one hard act to follow bro but someone has to do it um please make sure that everybody um to listen to this episode and enjoy the episode please make sure you give um, him a like make sure you share all the episodes that you can share the podcast on to all your friends that's how we're going to build word and get bigger people on here um so episode three is a life of COVID during, through a kid's eyes. And it, we have nine-year-old Emma and her dad, Tim. They come on and they talk about their daily life with e-learning and etc. Um, it's a pretty funny episode. Emma is a funny kid, so it's very lighthearted. So hopefully you guys dig it. Please make sure, again, to share. This is Front Stairs Talks. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to be a part of the show or have an idea for the show, please reach out to us via email at frontstairsinfo at gmail.com. Also, make sure you follow us on all the socials, Instagram and Facebook under Frontstairs Talks podcast name. Thank you.